0: You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads agency. This is the most important page on your site. And it's not one page, it's all the pages. But the nice thing about e-com is you're building a um, kind of a, a functional template. The reason this is the most important page is because this is the page that acts as the landing page for your traffic. This is the page people actually land on. So what's really funny about this, especially for newbies, is they optimize the daylights out of their homepage. And they pay as much attention as they possibly can to their homepage. And then the product pages end up being afterthoughts. Well, for all intents and purposes, the product page is the homepage, as far as your customer is concerned. The product page is the homepage for that product, is the way to think about it. So you want to make sure that you're following all the rules necessary and you're spending time, the time it takes to optimize these pages. And we're going to dive a lot deeper into these. Go ahead, John.
1: Oh, and just going to say, um just as a in case anybody didn't know um smart shopping can only drive traffic to the product page so that's just a, a quick side note wherever that product lives and you can have a landing page built for that product um that's different than all of your other product pages and that's the way to do that in the feed, feed customization but for the most part when you upload your feed or the feeds created the data feed watch or whatever it is um smart shopping is going to send to that product page so think about your main campaign is going to send traffic only to the to the product page
0: isn't there one exception john with the videos the smart shopping campaign allows for one video and the video goes to the home page
1: yeah the video uh that's in the ads uh so if you're a lot of times what will happen is if you have a smart shopping ad and that ad features imagery and video and then the 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 text it's very rarely used it's only used when it can't dynamically remarket a specific product to that you it's going to send
0: them to the home page
1: right right uh, and what's nice though is uh since smart shopping sends traffic to the product page and i don't want to say like all of it but i mean i don't even know how minuscule of a percentage that a person will land on a product page and that isn't the product that is dynamically marketed usually it's like if you have organic traffic that goes to your homepage and your contact pages and, and leaves doesn't ever view a product dynamic remarketing will put a brand ad in front of them because they're remarketing to all of your website traffic is agnostic of source mm. so you'll have the videos but it's not going to be it'll be other outside sources or other campaigns like search. If you're just sending them to like a collection of product pages and they're not even, but if they don't look at a product, then hopefully Google's not going to be remarketing to them. There's a ton of other people that are trying to dynamically remarket to it. So there is an exception, but it's, I mean, I couldn't even measure how often uh, a video in smart shopping would show uh, instead of a dynamic remarketing product ad.
0: Got it. So product pages the the primary pages. Make sure you're using products, titles, and subtitles uh, where applicable, obviously. I think the gold standard for these are the folks on Amazon. They go a little too far. Um, you know, I mean, the product title ends up really being the product description, but they've done a, a, an amazing job at um, identifying really unique ways of including keywords into product titles that, that help describe what that product title is. The, the big mistake, especially with boutiques, the big mistake that Shopify or e-commerce store owners make is they like to name the product something kind of, um, you know, brandable. So you're selling a t-shirt and you just call it like blue sky. Well, that's not, you know, it needs to be like blue sky, extra large t-shirt for men type of, you want to make sure that it's descriptive enough for Google to identify what that product is using the title. Any input there, John, any correction?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we'd like to use is one of the tools data feed, watch data feed, watch, um, is a way to enhance your product titles. If you wanted to not change the product title on your website. Um, so what it means is your website has products, descriptions, imagery, all that good prices and that kind of stuff. And that naturally just generates a feed. Now, depending upon your CMS, if you're on WooCommerce, or if you're on uh, BigCommerce, or if you're Shopify, there's varying ways of having that feed being generated. Um, What's nice about Data Feed Watch is, let's say you wanted to have that very brandable title, and you don't want to possibly, um, I I wouldn't say degrade it, because that's not the right word, but maybe you didn't want to change the branding of that that product, and maybe you have great sales, and you're just looking to add Google. If you have, and I I always go back to that kind of black wallet thing. If this was called midnight, you can keep it midnight on the website, but inside the feed, it would be midnight and then you can supplement it with other keywords, essentially. So black leather wallet, Um, but you need to have that somewhere. Google is a self-learning algorithm. I know we, we, we touched upon this in the three, Shopify, shop, we won't spend a ton of time on, on that example, but Google is going to reward you with more traffic and it can sometimes over reward you with. Bad traffic if you get too big. So if I said black leather wallet, best wallet for pants and whatever it is, and I just start fluffing the title, um, black, red, yellow, blue, and and it's like, yeah, I just want to show up for all the wallets. You're going to get an influx of traffic. That's going to be irrelevant. So pick a very honest title. That's the best way I can describe it. If you ever think you're going too far or not enough, just be honest. What is this? This Is a black leather wallet? What is this? This is an Apple iPhone. This is a blue one gallon water bottle. Very, very simple. So make sure that your product titles are very clean because you're teaching a machine and that machine is going to be a five-year-old and they are just gonna take everything you say literally. They don't understand sarcasm and anything like that. It's just gonna be very literal. And so honesty and simplicity is key for Google and especially you know for, for your, your website traffic as well. Product descriptions are gonna be the second most important part of your, of your uh, product page to Google, I should say, product descriptions are supplementary to the title. So if I had a hair care product, and I've done this many times, uh, even for a couple of hair care companies, and if your product has uh, not necessarily just hair care, but like, uh, I would say there was one that was nail polish, but the nail polish company, they prided themselves on not having the seven most toxic uh, chemicals inside of their nail polish. So we called the title, um, you know, red nail polish dash seven free and it was seven free in the title. And then also in the description, it was said, uh, this nail polish is free of the seven most common toxins. And then we laid out each one of the toxins inside of the description so that anybody that is looking for, um, sulfate free nail polish, we win because it's nail polish seven free, free of sulfates and blah, 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 blah so anytime that someone's looking for a specific type of of nail polish that doesn't include one of those um one of those those ingredients we didn't put it in the title because that title would be ridiculous it'd be you know red nail polish sulfate free blah 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 blah. but we put that in the description because google's going to take a hierarchy of your title and then your description number one number two priority so make sure that your descriptions are as descriptive as possible without being overly what we call kind of fluffed or stuffed with the keyword stuffing is actually the industry term. You don't wanna have keyword stuffing in your descriptions because then you're just going to show up for a lot of random top of funnel, possibly exploratory, not ready to buy type of people that are searching. So your product description, you wanna have it to be very explanative, but also think of keyword. This is kind of, if, if anybody here has SEO experience, this is an SEO type of play that the same, the same engine that is scanning your page for SEO is the same engine that's scanning your page for shopping. And that's a big distinction because if you say, hey, I'm a blog. Well, when you're writing a blog for SEO, you wanna have like the key term, at least uh, visible four times in the first 200 words, it's the same engine. So you're, you're, you're using the same knowledge as SEO or content writing, if anybody has that type of background into your, your PPC because it's, it's, it's Googlebot, it's the search console, it's the same engine. Um, which is the reason why DSA works. So the product description makes sure that if someone is not knowing what they need, you explain in your descriptions what it is that they need. And it's a really cool thing. So black leather wallet is a title, but if someone isn't searching for black leather wallet, they might be looking at um, you know best wallet for jeans. And let's say your wallet is the best for jeans because it's super thin, it's not, not bulky, it doesn't retain sweat, whatever it may be but place that inside of the descriptions, a non bulky thin wallet that it doesn't retain sweat. Because now when it says, uh, and that's best for jeans, because when someone says, you know, best wallet for jeans, Google says, aha, that's not your title because black Mother wallet is your title, but that's your description. So let's let's match that user. Watching YouTube videos. Well, the way that Google gets so in depth is the reason why YouTube auto captions your, um, your videos, A, obviously because of the uh, Disability Act to make sure that everyone can be visible to to YouTube. But the other part is when you watch a YouTube video, the the auto captions in the YouTube video is an indicator that you're watching a video that possibly can be used to sell you a product later on from anybody. So if you're watching a YouTube video about about the best wallet to use for jeans... Um, and that's like, oh, wait, that person's interested in this product that matches yours. So being descriptive in your product description is super important because Google's going to match what they are doing. Blogs are visiting, websites are visiting, competitors are visiting, YouTube videos are visiting, uh, emails that they're sending. All of those are lead indicators for Google to then start to match that user. You'll see that your smart shopping campaign, sometimes in a week period of time with a thousand dollars in ad spend, will go to three, 350,000 impressions. And that's because it's shock blasting the entire United States or retired country or world or wherever you are or wherever you're marketing into saying, you've had one indication that you might be interested in this product. Are you interested? No. Well, good. We, we show you that he didn't click. We didn't waste any money. It's pay-per-click network. So just as a, as a, uh, product page preparation, that title and description are, are going to be the two main factors for Google that you're going to focus on. Google can't read images. They don't know what the image looks like. That's going to be for the pretty end user. But to Google, the text, the data in the feed is up, uh, of the utmost importance.
0: We're gonna to get to the product media here in a little bit. I know for anybody running dropshipping, this is an important step to hurdle. I actually think, especially if you wanna to commit to the products that you're selling, it can be worth buying the products yourself and taking your own photographs, building your own media. As a matter of fact, that to me is a pretty significant value add. If you're in a pool or an ecosystem with a bunch of me too's and you're the only one with custom images, you might be best positioned to sell that product better than anybody else because you're the one that took the time to actually build out um, the the custom and more detailed media. Uh, We'll talk about lifestyle images here a little bit later, but that's going to get really important. Um, Um, Can I share something? Yeah, please. Um, I think
1: everyone, this is is a company that we market for. Um, This is... I wanted to kind of share with everyone here on the, on the screen. This is what a feed looks like. And this is what I think gives a realism. I'm a visual person. Again, like I always say, this right here is the feed that's coming from one of of our clients here. And when you grab this feed and you open it up, this is what Google sees. So it's not going to see, and you'll see actually this, this will resize itself. There we go. Um, this is what Google sees here. And this is all Google sees smart shopping only sees this and you'll see the title, the link. Uh, this is a description of the feed, yada, yada. yada. Now here is the first item. And so this right here is everything Google has in order to match the success of your campaign, uh, to, to, or match the user for a successful campaign. I said that way wrong. I don't know what happened. I had a really weird brain part there, but this is all that Google uses to match up to the user. So they see the title. So right now we see Chris Mark 100% shea butter. Okay. Now I know it's shea butter, but if this was Chris Mark 100%, I have no idea what that is. And probably Google probably doesn't either. The description here moisturized dry parts of your body, hair, and scalp. Uses a hair scalp pomade or for hot oil treatment under a cap. 100% shea butter, nothing added. Ingredients sourced from reliable suppliers in northern Ghana through women's cooperatives. That's a very kind of odd description. Uh, then you get a link and then you get the image. And then it just gives like the price and the, the shipping and all the other stuff. But this right here, is everything, majority of the time, everything Google is going to use. So if you're like, I have a fast website, that's great. You know, I have beautiful imagery, that's awesome. I have great video, that's great. Um, I have an awesome price, okay. But if it can't use this to match up to another user, and this is all that Google sees here, it's going to have a tough time getting off the ground. And it's almost like saying, well, I've I've built this awesome search campaign and I chose four mediocre keywords, why isn't it working? This is where like the possible four mediocre keywords will live is right here. So don't overlook your titles and descriptions because when you give it to Google, this is what Google's going to see. So if this doesn't have a lot of search traffic or if there's not a lot of, um, not a lot of easy to understand nouns in there, you're going to have like an amazing exfoliator to you know revitalize your essence. Google's I, Google has no idea what that is. So just make sure that you are very specific and use nouns that a machine can learn. And that's—it sounds complicated, but it's actually just be honest about what it actually is physically, and that'll give you the best best result.
0: Someone asked a question in chat: uh, Is it worth getting custom images done? My knee-jerk reaction is um, it can be, but we're going to show you how to do the images yourself, and we have quite a few clients that I think if, You know, I'm thinking about George John. I mean, he's got a he's got a big, big company. He does all of his media himself, and I'm pretty sure he does not with a smartphone. Um,
1: yeah, he's uh, he just started doing video uh, like two weeks ago. We got like our first two videos that we've been using them for a little for about a couple, for for two weeks now. Um, but he's going to be doing more more video. But his imagery, um, I think, in our Althomic client, yeah. they use manufactured imagery. Um, so
0: if it's a, if I would cost prohibitive. I'd rather the money go to ad spend. And, and people are so forgiving with, with, you know, I mean, it still needs to be good, but it doesn't need to be ultra professional. You don't need the best photographer in the whole wide world. Here's um, what's
1: funny is for, for your landing page, you want to have imagery that is, is, is quality looking. Google needs an image that big, <laughs> you know, that's all that Google needs, but your landing page is going to be, need to be of quality. Um, custom imagery, I think is most important for dropshippers or for high competition of similar products. If you don't have custom imagery and you're, and you're using the standard stock photo from a dropshipper supplier, just know that everyone else is. Um, and that's why we also said lifestyle images is, are important too, because again, but as we touched upon yesterday, that is going to be something that people can see themselves in there. But I think it's going to be most important for, for dropshippers or when there is a high competition for very similar products. Um, if you have a unique product, you're going to have custom imagery. Um, if you have a product that is you know easily identifiable, um when someone sees it but the image that was supplied to you is kind of odd like it might be you know from an odd angle then maybe you're like hey I just want to take a better picture of this um i think you have a slide uh about this already but we we purchase with our eyes first um and that's kind of where on shopping when you look at when your smart shopping ad features it is featured in the shopping and here's just a a small test um i just googled red shoe um
0: you love red shoes. I love red shoes. Yeah, for as long it's as I know best. you, that's been your example—the red shoe and the wallet.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. It's just I, I, I get, I get stuck in my comfort zone. Um, you'll see here. There's two of them here that kind of stand out to me. Now it's against best practice, but the ones that stand out to me is this one here, and this one here. Now these are sort of lifestyle images. They're not. Lifestyle images would be the full person of the body walking through the city, whatever it may be, but this is a still product imagery, but you'll notice that these are a little bit more unique than, than this one. This one kind of looks like the drop shipper that is like put on the table, snap a picture, put on the table, snap a picture. Then they're just pumping through them. This one looks like it took time, but you're also, you know, kind of getting a little bit of a, a, a visual end to, Oh, that looks good with jeans. I have no idea how that one would look. So what?
0: I was going to say, doesn't Google prioritize the white background, though, since they need the, the primary image to be a white background?
1: They say that. I haven't seen that. Mm. And that's what's interesting. What Google says and what is actually seen um, is is sometimes a little bit different.
0: You don't want people to get lost. You want them to know what else exists inside of your store. Um, we have Everybody has this squeeze page mentality when it comes to driving traffic. That's, I hate to say things are dead because it's just such a cliche, but that's dead. Um, generally it takes 2.5 clicks and 3.5 pages before somebody's ready to convert you need to expect that there's going to be return traffic they're going to research look add to cart leave um, come back etc get really comfortable with the fact that they're going to be traversing throughout your site and then make your navigation such that it it sort of equips them to do that this i think is an upsell opportunity a cross-sell opportunity it shows them what else is on your store um, and it also gives you the opportunity to brand yourself. In many cases, the second most traffic page you're going to see is your about page. And if you're trying to sell mission vision values, if you're trying to, you know, really sort of connect with them on a, a level that's just outside of your product, um, that's, a, that's a cool page to prioritize inside of your nested navigation too. So uh, really strongly recommend investing in making sure that your navigation is clear, easy to navigate, and then also accessible throughout the site. And one of the best ways to do that is just breadcrumbs. And you'll notice that really good CMSs, I think most Shopify themes have this. uh, They have the ability for you to have breadcrumb navigation so you can see like, oh, here's the home, here's the the first category I clicked, the second one, the third one, and the product page that I'm on. So they can always find their way back without an issue. Um, Social proof, of course, goes without saying. I I like social proof that's specific to the product. Um, So if I'm on a product page and I see somebody saying something that's just about the company, that's not nearly as uh, applicable. Um, or, or relevant, obviously, is product-specific social proof. Uh, Pulling in
1: reviews from Google on the page as well can be, be very impactful.
0: <laughs> we've got two more bullet points. Clear call to action. This is one that it's easy to take this down as a note, y'all, and just, like, glaze over it and, you know, sort of forget this one later. If you don't tell people what you want them to do, they're not going to do it. Um, who wrote Story Brand? Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. Donald Miller talks about this a lot. He says that when we communicate with customers, if you take the spectrum of of communication from zero to ten, zero is you know grunts and loud noises, and ten is like quadruple PhD. We tend to communicate with our customers on a six or a seven, which means that we assume a level of intelligence, which I think is you know just means that we're empathic human beings. We need to be at a two or a three online, and it's not because people are stupid; they're not. This is the most educated consumer base we've ever had. It's because they're only partially paying attention. You know, you've got a fraction of a second before they know what they want to do and and whether or not they've qualified you, and they're doing a bunch of other things all at the same time. Uh, That's why you'll see the really successful e-commerce sites will say things like, click here to buy now. Click here to customize your products, etc. We can glaze over that if we want to. I think you do it at your detriment. Let them know exactly what you want them to do next, and don't skip steps. Let them know exactly what you wanted them to do next. So if they need to customize the product, then they need to click here to begin you know, product customization. If they need to add something to their their shopping cart, they need to click here to edit their shopping cart. And make it really clear. Use the isolation effect. Um, because you want them to be able to see exactly what it is you want them to do. And make your customization options very clear. If you've got really robust products and they can do a lot of things with it, my soft opinion, this is anecdotal, I have no data to support it. John, you might disagree. I think you've got two customization tiers before I get bored and jump ship because if I have to choose, you know, I'll choose size and color. And then, you know, maybe if you've got a field for me to add like a monogram for my label, but I've seen some products to where I, I'm basically building the damn thing by myself. And unless that's the value proposition, we have a client that, you know, does custom baseball gloves, for instance, which is a whole value proposition and of itself. But if that's not the value proposition and I've got to fill out four or five different things. Now you're making me make too many decisions and a confused mind is going to say no i um, curious, John, whether or not you agree or disagree with that.
1: Yeah, everything uh, other than that, like what Costum said is, you know, leave the customization is optional if they're personalization, which is good. But if it's something that needs to be customized um, or needs to be custom built, I can touch upon that and saying, like, here's how we put that in a separate smart shopping campaign and how we use GTIN because those products are not actually real. Uh, there isn't a GTIN for every single custom glove. Like, no one's going to go out and buy a barcode before they ship it out kind of thing. Um, But we won't have to get into that, I guess, if we we don't need to. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com.